Hi, I'm Sean Gunn, and you're listening to Comic Book Nation. What's going on, folks? Welcome to Comic Book Nation, episode 22. I am your host, producer Jim Biscardi, replacing Kofi Kingston, who is not here today. He's celebrating his world championship He's, run. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and we've got a ton to cover, but first, let me introduce our uh, my co-hosts, Matt Mueller and Connor Casey. What up, peoples? What's going on, guys? Guys, this has been a... This is a huge week. And I'm, I'm so tired. I'm not, I'm not wearing a blazer because I am so tired. From this <laughs> oh, week. that's right. You're not. Yeah. yeah. No. It took me a minute. Yeah. All right. Let's get, some, let's get some business out of the way first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Comic Book Nation, your two times a week podcast you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, anywhere you get your podcast aggregation from, um, and uh, not Amazon Music. Wow. Keep the tradition alive. Got to keep that tradition alive. <laughs> One uh, day it'll happen. Uh, so... With that, uh, we're gonna we had a lot to cover, and we're just gonna sort of jump right into it. First things first. This is big, big news. Oh God, Here big go. news. Probably the biggest news. It's not the biggest. Hawkeye news. is getting a Disney Plus TV series. <laughs> a Disney Plus TV series. So for those for those who don't know, and this is completely news uh, news to, uh, it was reported. It's this is reported. Uh, we will probably find out more a little bit after we <laughs> record this. Uh, but uh, a Hawkeye TV series coming to Disney Plus that is supposed to really just feature, it feels like a passing of the torch kind of show that's supposed to feature Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there's, uh, you know, it, Jeremy Renner, of course, will be attached to Star, but we don't really know anything more, more than that. Here's what gets me excited about this. This goes to show, this is the first time that Marvel Studios is approaching the idea and the concept of legacy. We haven't yes. really gotten it anywhere else. DC does it, you know, ext- you know, has, does it extremely well. But outside of that, um, you know, this would be the start of that. Like, there's a mm-hmm. ton of rumors out there that, you know, in that Avengers trailer, the person that Hawkeye is kind of training with, maybe his daughter, yeah. could also be, you know, it may be a Kate Bishop-like character, whether it'll be her name or not. You know, we'll see. So that started the fecul- speculation fans, uh, you know, rolling. But the the other cool part of this is, you know, there's also a a ton of room in the Hawkeye sort of space. Is this going to be Matt Fraction Hawkeye run with Hawk Bro, or is this going to be you know when Kate Bishop got her her series? Um, or is is it really going to be a mix? I think it's probably going to be a mix because Kate Bishop yeah. did have did have a pretty big role in the later part of the Fraction run, not necessarily you know throughout the whole thing, but you know Kate Bishop moving out to you know uh, the West and you know doing all that is really really interesting. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's the only part of this that interests me. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal, so, man. Uh, I mean, okay, here's the thing. I everyone knows that. I'm not like the biggest Hawkeye. I don't dislike him. Right. It's just, but but Kate Bishop. We've seen Hawkeye story. To me, there's not like as much of Hawkeye story that's left. There's to be a ton of Hawkeye story I, to be left. I care about. I I pref- I say that as in like I, I'm sure Hawkeye fans like yourself, like Charlie, mm-hmm. who just lost their minds when this was announced, have tons of stuff they'd like to see. I personally am more interested in seeing him pass the torch. Kate Bishop is a really cool character, mm-hmm. uh, and. And they and they've toyed with this with the idea of legacy in a in a in a way because like 
you know, we're kind of anticipating what we see with like Captain Marvel and Monica Rambo, yeah, kind of what she'll become, right? You know, but yeah, this would be a real next step, mm-hmm. uh, and I would be, I'd be very down for that. So that is the part that I'm intrigued in. Connor, thoughts? I'm up for it. We've had such a minimal role for Hawkeye in every other movie. I really enjoy Jeremy Renner as an actor, mm-hmm. uh, even though that haircut and the new one's a little ridiculous. I know. I mean, it's a ridiculous haircut, but I, it, it kind of suits him. It kind of, I think it works. Kind of. Uh, it, it, it just scream. It just screams midlife crisis. It's like, kids, I got the new, fresh new haircut and I got the sleeve going. To know. be I'm fair, hip. it does kind of seem like he has a justifiable reason to have a midlife crisis. Right. I, exactly. Yeah, I mean, if, if your but, family vanishes, of, I would give you some props. That's, that's part of what, what makes the idea of a series like this kind of fascinating, right? Because we don't know much about Hawkeye before when we first see him, mm-hmm. right? And we know a bit about him, you know, in the time that he is sort of on screen in the Avengers movies and whatnot. But we don't know what life is like after that, right? Like, he yeah. gets that fat... He, presumably, he gets a, you know, fat check from the government for to go live out and move out on a farm with his family and, yeah. you know, give up the superhero life. And, and like, if that's kind of where this Kate Bishop series picks up... Like, I, I can imagine it picking up there with flashbacks to Hawkeye's, like, you know, previous Avengers life. I would love to see a purple costume kind of thing. Will we see it? Probably never. They've dabbled. They've dabbled. You've, I mean, he's gotten shades. purple. Yeah. But, like, he hasn't gotten the mask. No. And it's just like, no. you know. The mask. Right, wait. exactly. So, uh, again, I, I think that that's really, really cool. Again, it just goes to show what Disney Plus can do um, and, you know, in expanding this Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if this is the start for, you know, legacy and planting the seeds for future heroes, young Avengers, or and whatnot down the line, I'm totally game. Disney also dropped uh, a pretty big, awesome trailer on us this week with The Lion King. And I know this is uh, one of those... <laughs> I know, this, is, waiting. this movie, surprisingly, is getting uh, mixed reactions in the way that you know, I think Aladdin is, is sort of coming up with answers. Like, people just don't know why Disney is doing this. Uh, there's a lot of... Their, their, Disney's just doing this because they can. But at the same time, I look at, I look at it as... I've got a daughter. She's three, right? Mm-hmm. She loves the animated Lion King, you know, what, whatnot. She loved the animated Jungle Book. She loves the new Jungle Book. Yeah. I showed her the trailer for this. I showed her the one that we did that had the, yeah. you know, the side-by-side with the original and the uh, the new trailer. She loved it. She can't wait. Yeah. Like, and I, I think I don't mind them doing this. I don't get the, okay, because, like, I've had, this, I've had a couple of discussions with people. I don't understand the why argument. Because of course we know why these are money. these are classic <laughs> the, the same money. these are anything. classic it's movies money. yeah and so for you want to adapt them for an audience that is not necessarily going to go back and watch an animated movie they want something new and to dazzle them but they still love those characters in the story so you update it and you give a whole new generation a fresh coat of paint. On a yeah. on a classic thing, and we have the technology now to make it look believable. Right. Like it makes total sense. I love the animation. The animation but it feels looks old. Great. Yeah, yeah, it feels old. I'm not gonna go back. When I go watch the Rescuers, I'm like, <laughs> man, okay, it looks old, but man, I would love to see that Ooh, just redone. Watching the Rescuers. I mean, I'm saying fun. like that's a great mouse. There's so many I would love to see. Right. I to say that all that though, I was a little bummed by this trailer. This trailer mm-hmm. is kind of You were bummed by this one? Because it's so devoid of personality until the last 30 seconds. When Timon and Pumbaa show up and you get the little tease of Akuna Matata, 
It's the same problem with the Aladdin first. It trailer. did. It did lean a bit heavily on the scar and the hyenas bit and all the tra- you know, the tragedy and all that. Which I get. I mean, like it, this is a you know, what, Lion King's supposed to be a take on Hamlet and all that. Yeah. And, and I get that, right? But you're right. I, I do feel that there is a bit of. They leaned a bit too much onto the darkness. It's like I'm of watching the a National thing. Geographic commercial <laughs> for most of the trailer, and then we get to the end. I'm like, "Oh, right there." That's and we had the same problem with Aladdin, and then Aladdin fixed it with the second trailer. Gave right. us some songs, gave us some music, the G- fun, gave us an indication that it might be a little bit different. And Even that's that too. Yeah, that's I'm kind of on the negative side with this because we posted on social media the com- the side by side comparison mm-hmm. of the original trailer yep. with this one. They almost look identical, and it makes me feel like you ever see Gus Van Zant's remake of Psycho? That's a shot-for-shot remake, and no one I liked know. it. It's terrible. Don't watch. <laughs> it. If you've seen the original Psycho, congratulations, you've seen both. <laughs> no one liked the new one because even though it had the same shots, the same vibe going on, it mi- it was missing that magic. Yeah, that made the original one work, and I'm worried that did this is going to have the did same. Did you see problem. the Jungle Book? I did. Did you like the Jungle Book? It. Sh- yeah, it changed up enough to where I was like, you know what, Th- this kind of works. But I think that I think we'll, we are going to get that with The Lion King as well. I think there's a lot... Someone who is seeing The Lion King trailer maybe for the first time, just in its new live-action glory, mm. may not realize that there's a bunch of shots from that that are from the original Lion King. We do, because we're nerds, mm-hmm. and we love that <laughs> stuff. Right? Well, we, were, we were around in the 90s. We, we, we were around, right, right. And so... so but for you know someone like you know like my sister who's just a couple years younger than me like she sees this she's totally amped for it because she loved the adventure she has no idea that you know she recognizes some of the shots like the you know Simba and Timon and Pumbaa walking across the yeah. log I mean those are iconic shots but like you know the 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 scar you know shots and stuff like that like unless you're looking for it you don't really know no I agree we we tend to analyze right. Things it's kind of our job. Yeah, it's kind of the deal. So I understand that. I I just hope I'm looking forward to another trailer where we get a little more personality. I'm I'll be amped there. This is not Dumbo. So so when you so when you mentioned the Aladdin thing, it made me think. You know, at the end of the Aladdin thing, we got a tease of the genie, and then boom, next trailer we got a ton of genie and a ton of action. Yeah. And so I imagine for this one, if they're playing out of that sort of that same playbook, we'll get a lot more Timon and Pumbaa, and we'll get you know. Probably more than I mean that that thirty that like. twenty seconds is the best part of the trailer for me. Yeah. So yeah, I want I want just a little, just a little bit more, and I'm fine. I don't with the reactions they got to the land trailer. I don't exactly know why they went back to this same bag. <laughs> yeah. Like why didn't you alter? Uh, it was, you saw the uh, backlash. Speaking of that, those last twenty seconds, is it bad that I miss Nathan Lane as oh, Timon? No, I love. But him. you know what? Like even at the end, like, am I sad awesome. that you yeah, know there's no Nathan Lane? Yes, obviously, but. It sounded great. I mean, they sounded great. Yeah, they sounded good. So I wanted to hear more Zazu because I really liked John. <laughs> John yes, yeah, yeah, please. I really wanted to hear that. So yeah, nice. All right. Uh, the next sort of big news before we jump into our, our deep dive, uh, there is a new person playing Batman. It's not in the Batman movie. Was that, the, bl- Titans- was that the Blues Clues jingle? Yes, what was it, that? Is, it, it was. Because it is in Titans uh, season two. Matt, what do you think? Titans. I I look hey, for one. I take a weird thing with this angle because I don't watch Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, for, look, why don't you mention who who it is? Okay. So I actually don't know the name off the top of my head because I don't actually know who this person was outside of this. Ian uh, Glenn. Yes, Ian Glenn. <laughs> so thanks, Matt. I, uh, Tried to I'm set sorry. you up. I'm sorry. I don't know Game of Thrones. What I will say though, he looks he looks the part. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm just more thrilled. Like, do you have you watched? 
Titans? Are you? I have not watched Titans, but I have watched Thrones. He's a fantastic actor. Okay, so that's a good mix. You, I know we are split a bit on Titans. I love it. I I don't hate Titans. Okay. It got a little bit better towards the end, but it's still pretty terrible. Is it fair to say Doom Patrol was better? Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol is. That's all I've been watching. But but here's here's the interesting aspect about this. This is a older Bruce Wayne. This is not Batman Beyond old Bruce Wayne. This is like Batfleck. Uh, I would say even a little bit old, but maybe a little bit older. At least that's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, But it's interesting because I would love to have seen the DC Universe streaming service take on a live action Batman Beyond thing. Because let's be honest, we're never going to get a movie for Batman Beyond. Ever. That's just not gonna no. happen. No, I but I think I think you're wrong. I think, the, it hap- I think it happens at no, some point. No, Batman's such a big not. property. But how can they turn down any any idea? But a Batman, but a Batman Beyond DC Universe show, I could I could kind of get behind. Mm. But the, the the interesting thing is is more how um, you know this older Batman is going to play off Kern Walters as Jason Todd, mm-hmm. um, and. I I really liked Jason Todd in Titans. That was one of the more I liked his kind of like twerpy, you know, yeah. being Robin's the best, but also you know at the same time like he was a guy. I yeah, I'm not the biggest Jason Todd person, but yes, he right. was a good Jason. I don't Todd. think anyone is a big Jason. Todd right? Person. There's got well, there's got to be somebody. They keep bringing him back. <laughs> I like Jason Todd. I mean, I like him better as as Red yeah, Hood. He's but, better, you know, as as a Robin. But the thing, but like it, it the, what I like about this is, you know, with this being an older Batman, we could see the transition potentially from Jason Todd, you know, as Robin to Red Hood, and then that, you know, if we get to explore at all any of that dynamic with Batman, here's the thing. He got cast as Batman. We're probably going to see him for a total of 40 seconds, and then that is it. I mean, he got, I mean, I think we're going to see him more than that. You think but so? I don't think he's going to be a series regular by any means. He's not going to be a focal point. Because, I mean, we saw more than that of Batman in the first season. They didn't even have anybody <laughs> cast as him. <laughs> right. I mean, we saw the Batmobile, the Batcave, how many times? I think, I think the promise of the finale mm-hmm. sets up some interesting things. I'm glad they actually made it a person like here we're gonna this part is substantial enough we need a character to bounce off of i'm i'm interested to see how he plays off of dick grayson especially coming off of that i mean spoilers here for the finale of titans but like that weird uh hallucinogenic Mm -hmm. nightmare thing i i'm really interested to see where this goes are we on the potential of batman casting burnout I feel like there's been a lot of like we we have we now have a lot of people who have played Batman. Is that like superhero? So, so I, well, I, no, no, so. no. But here's the thing: like to me, the casting of Batman on a show like you know like this, whatever, should feel more exciting. This doesn't feel exciting. This feels. I think like it doesn't that. feel exciting because this one is deliberately putting him as a side character. He's not going to be the focal point of the show. But right, but like, but like the next time we're going to see Batman theoretically is going to be in the season finale of Gotham, and even then, like okay. that's that's a show that's had five seasons of buildup, and we're, that feels like a pretty big deal. <sighs> does it though? It does. That one feels bigger. That one feels. But we're gonna see him in the suit. We're gonna like that one has some hype going in to this. I feel like online and just. I mean, I mean, it's got hype because it's got five years worth of build up to it. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, and all this goes out the window as soon as Batman is cast in another movie. But that's what I mean. As soon as Matt Reeves goes, hey, this dude Laparka is Batman. Right, but but that's right. But like, (laughs) but I feel like the Batman movie now needs a Ben Affleck type casting for it to feel. 
big again. Mm. Like, if they hire another kind of nobody for this Batman movie, are people going to care? I, obviously, people will care because it's Batman in a movie. <laughs> but, at the, but what I mean is, is like, is it really going to be like, oh, like, holy S, that's awesome. I think when the movie hits, yes. I think, you know, now nah, I would love to see John Hamm get the role. That would work. But I think someone gets cast in that with a name. I agree with you if it's an if it's a no one, not a no one. They've done stuff. But if it's a lesser known person, maybe it doesn't have the impact. But if it's a known person but of any stretch, Army Hammer, hmm. all the 10 million people that bring right. rumor for this role, I think you're I think you're good. But like I also look at it too like the breaks that we got between Batman castings before. Like when Christian Bale was cast as Batman, there was a long period of time before we had the last Batman, mm-hmm. was it, Clooney was the last. Was Clooney the last one, or was Clooney it Kilmer? Was last. It was Clooney in '98, and then '05 was Batman Begins. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Clooney. So between Clooney and Bale, no one else was. No one else was Batman except the best Batman, Kevin Conroy. Well, right, but that doesn't fight me. That doesn't. Kevin Conroy counts. <laughs> that doesn't count. Live action Batman. Uh, right. Okay. So that's a big gap, right? Yes. And then the gap between Bale and Ben Affleck, also another big gap. No one really played Batman in a live action role sure. in between. But now, during Ben Affleck and until, until whoever is next, we will have gotten sort of fake Batman in Gotham. Because let's be real, I mean, but it's, it's a, TV. I, I know it's TV, but also this this other Batman, you know, on Titans, which is supposed to feel like a movie or whatnot. And then we're going to get Batman. So I, I just feel like not enough time has passed for us to get excited about Batman. But I'm it's an interesting. This is this is a hill that I I, I will die. I feel like. <laughs> I under because I understand your point. It does feel a little watered down because we've had a couple of different interpretations mm-hmm. of Batman, and we're still however, not far enough away from Ben Affleck. I feel. However, once they cast a Batman for the movies, you'll that that thing of all the possibilities will hit just like it did before. All right. I think. Yeah, we'll move on. When we come back, we are going to hit our WrestleMania recap, and we're going to go into all of our gripes, rants, and raves. <laughs> All right. Whew. Oh, we're great. Seven hours of wrestling. Seven and a half. Seven and a half just with WWE stuff. That's a lot of wrestling. Yep. My wife's tired of me watching wrestling. <laughs> she didn't even watch it. And she's just like, another when I was watching SmackDown, she was like, another one? <laughs> I was right. like, yes. <laughs> so let's just let's just go through general, like your general kind of grade of the event. We'll go letter grade. Connor, we'll start with you. Of of just the event of itself? Of just WrestleMania. I would give it, honestly, if not for the length, it would have been an A. An but, A? But because of the length, I got to knock it down to a B plus. Okay, well, you got to pick one grade, so you're going to go with B no, plus? No, B, B plus, okay. yeah. Matt? We get pluses and minuses? Uh, yeah, well, it's like we're at school. Uh, I'll say A minus because I'll say, like, I think a little higher, but not, again. A minus feels high. A minus is high, but because I, I was going to really go with Connor, and, and really, I like I was actually probably going to give it a B. I loved the start of it. Mm-hmm. I hated that by the by the time we got to the last match, there was almost no energy left. Oh yeah, because there was, was just, no energy in the yeah. crowd. I didn't have that much energy because, like, I mean, it was eleven thirty. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I remember when the dance break happened. It was like they're just trying to get people as, up as out soon, of their like, chairs. But I, that was the thing, like, the dance break felt so unnecessary. Like, what was that for? Well, okay, that even crept in at the, was it the men's yeah. Royale? Yeah. Where they're just waiting? And I'm like, what are you waiting for? They're <laughs> <laughs> just standing around. And that, okay, if there was one match to just completely get rid of, good Lord, that whole, 
that whole thing was a slog. The Che and Jost and oh, oh, yeah. oh my god. Because okay. here's the thing. I say A minus because yes, there is fat that can be trimmed. I would have preferred a lot of lopping off some matches. But the matches that impressed me, I by the end of the night, yes, I was tired, but I was still like Jones. The pre-show had some of the best Jones-ed. matches. Which is like good matches, yeah. Which is insane. Yeah, which hardly ever happens. Right, but I know. Yes, that was good. But ha- a couple of them felt like just a bad episode of Raw. Baron Corbin versus Angle, Finn yeah. versus Bobby. Even though I love the demon entrance, oh, that was kind of it. I like There was nothing about the match itself that made me care. I, but I'm a Ballard guy. Here, here, I know we're, we're, we, we, have a, we have a list of stuff that we want to go through, but here's, here's one big issue that I have with, with Finn, Finn Balor oh, and God. the Demon. Here here's we the, go. Oh, no. Look, <laughs> if, Finn, if Finn Balor loses the title as Finn Balor, mm-hmm. and he can only win stuff as the Demon, mm-hmm. then pick one. Be the Demon all the time, or be Finn Balor. I be the winner... Or the loser. I, I agree, which is why I hope they don't just do that, But which they did the first time around. I hope they don't repeat mistakes. But I agree with you. Like, yes. Finn Balor just needs to, like, in a storyline angle, just be like, I just need to give in, become the demon full-time, and that is who I am. But that's what they did and the then first let him, time. And then let him go on a run. No, they did. They no, did they, it. They never let they it did. be they like, never a, let him I'm be, letting it control. No, they didn't, but they pulled out the demon. They either need, need to let him just go full run, do a strong run, as the demon, mm-hmm. have a big epic match, maybe next year at WrestleMania or whatnot, that he l- drops a title or loses. He goes away for a, for a couple yeah, of months, comes, back, comes back, back as Finn Balor, and then he can go back to being uh, a, I'm totally a fine with this. Wish. But that, they're never going to do that. We're going to be stuck with boring-ass Finn Balor for the rest of our lives. I don't find him boring as Finn Balor. And dang it, I was so <laughs> good, and you got me to cuss on here. <laughs> all right. Because I just heard you do it. Let's go. Oh. All right, so... Uh, Let's just sort of go look at the matches. We won't go match by match, but what do you think was a match that overperformed? So we made these picks last week, and my pick was Kofi versus Brian. And I was right, because it was the best match of the night. <laughs> I forgot my picks. Uh, I mean, I remember my picks. That, that match was so... I, I knew it was going to be good. Mm-hmm. But the moment where Kofi's getting kicked, and he stands back up and says, hit me harder, yeah. I went, okay, this is, this is a classic. This is... Yeah. This is gonna. This is what this show is gonna be remembered for. Is this match right here? Yeah. And the moment with him winning, and Biggie's got the present, and it's the new T-shirts, and you've got the new <laughs> yeah. title belt. Spoil. It was spoiled. I, yes. I, I love that it was spoiled. Not only for the people who were actually there in the crowd, but also for people online. But to be fair, they addressed that continuity by saying, "Here are the Daniel Bryan T-shirts. They're going <laughs> they to did do that. I did laugh. I love that. That, that, that was, was great." Uh, uh, yeah. But you know that match was that match was awesome. That match was great. It was uh, very good. Mine. <laughs> so I said my picks are going to be terrible because like I was wrong on almost every single. <laughs> one. So uh, my pick would, that was going to overperform was I believe AJ Styles and Randy Orton, which did not overperform. <laughs> well, you finally agree with me that AJ Styles is just boring. Never. No, but that match. Was average and forgettable. It was pretty. It was yeah. It was pretty lackluster. You could I like, it, and you it could, got him hurt. You could have. Yeah, it did get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I've been about that all day. That sucks. So overall, lose lose on that one. That, Look, was, that was bad. I'm gonna get so much hate for this one, but I loved the Batista Triple H match. That was my underperforming match. What? Are you kidding and me? That was mine. Because that, no, that match was exact, brutal. Oh, wait. Exactly what I told you was going to happen was going to happen. It was going to go too long. It did. I don't think it went the, too long. The person you didn't want to see win ended up winning. Uh, Oh, so that's still your underperforming match. Yeah. So that's the pick you made, and that. and it, and I was right. That's the pick I made, but I was wrong because I ended up liking that match by the end of it. 
I, I it won yeah. me over, and I was like, okay, I thought honestly this was going to be what Kurt Angle, Baron Corbin was that, turned out yeah. to be. That, that, that match, was wrong. Outside that match, out of outside of the outside of the Kofi and Daniel Bryan match, told the best story. It was it was violent. Uh, I actually it was for, <laughs> for, for a short. Oh, for a short yeah. Here's the See, thing. You had me. Here's you had thing. me right. For again. as short as it was, the Seth Rollins Brock Lesnar match actually told Ugh. a better story because it made sense like why he wanted to go on first because he didn't want to wait. Right. And Seth had been saying the whole time through the buildup, "I'm going to do whatever it takes." Right. And if that means kicking you in the dick, that's what's got to happen. Yeah, but that doesn't feel like a whatever it takes to me. That was going to be my pick for underperformed because. While I liked the idea of putting that match first, I thought it it, def- it kicks off the show with with a ton of heat. Um, it to me, it's it's that match was a, a tough one to begin with because their styles are very different, and in a way that I don't necessarily think mesh. And neither one of them feel like someone who can carry the other to be the lead in that ring. Rollins? Yeah. His his style is just so it to me feels just like a wrong fit for someone to go against Brock. I understand why you have to do it. Yeah. And I enjoyed the match, but I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more if like who did, did you there... did you see the triple threat he had with those two in Cena at Royal Rumble like 2017? Yes. That I feel like that was the best example of hey Seth's style can match with Brock. It just has to be a longer match. Yeah, because Seth is about build up. That's true, and I think that I think that may I think it I think that may actually and having been, it be a seven minute match, sprint's not going to work. That match was much shorter than I I anticipated mm-hmm. it to right. be, and for it to you know, Brock matches are either very short or they're long as hell, and he's uh, he's out unconscious for half of them. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean that's why like, one of my favorite Brock matches is still Goldberg's. Right. match with him because it's like the perfect amount of time like yeah. it's like oh we get in get out we're done all right uh favorite match of the weekend of the uh of the weekend okay because <laughs> you know where i'm going i know where you're going you know where he's going i was actually wrong it was my second pick it was velveteen dream versus matt riddle that was it great. was great the entrance for velveteen was perfect the story that they're telling which is matt riddle is this legit ufc fighter velveteen is completely outclassed so he beats him with professional wrestling as opposed to actual fighting it's an awesome story to tell and that guy's gonna be main event someday if he isn't something has gone horribly wrong yeah that was that was a very good match for the weekend uh, my my favorite match actually is uh, was Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. That was that was actually the one I did not expect that to be. Uh, close second is Gargano uh, and that Cole. Was that was a great good. match. The only thing that could have made that one better is if Ciampa ran out and helped Johnny. True, I did love that he came the out. Ending after was great. And did the thing, yeah. Uh, but that was a fantastic match. Uh, also an underrated match to me. Well, we'll talk about that later, I guess, uh, if we have time. Um, but those those two were kind of right there. I didn't expect to love the. I'm not the biggest Daniel Bryan guy. I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. Uh, this is gonna sound dumb, but I have a story behind it. Okay. The Zack Ryder Kurt Hawkins match. <laughs> here's here's the thing. I've been listening to their podcast for a while now. Yeah. And so, um, there's a they make a lot of jokes about their their careers and stuff that they do and whatnot, but they they have become so personable through their podcast that like the whole sequence of events that they sort of had for this week and stuff leading up, you know, up to it, um, kind of just feels like 
it, it just felt it felt very good. Like it, like it felt like these guys kind of deserved it. Like it, it, I can see how if you're just kind of following along on TV and stuff like like what the hell? Why are these two guys you know have the title or whatnot? But like it feels like a very you know it feels like a personal journey you know for them, and it feels like that the WWE is re recognizing um, the kind of internet pull that Zack Ryder still has. Um, you know, and it happened when he was during his broski era with the internet champion and stuff like that. But like the major wrestling figure podcast is still like, it's a fairly big deal. He got me turned on to, he's got two, you know, they did two sold out live events. Like it's a, it's a really, and the, and they, the, both of them are just, they seem like genuinely good guys. I was I fans was, of this, you know. And on top of that, Ryder got engaged to Chelsea Green. Right, yeah, they engaged. That was they really did their cool. Live show, you know. They they won the titles. Their families were, you know, were in attendance. It was in New York. Like it was just a perfect storm. And I just thought, I, I totally marked out. I also was happy that he didn't drop the title the next night. No, it, and they did. He yeah. did that at thirty two, and that and, and 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 that's what I'm concerned, but also not concerned about the superstar shakeup and where they may go. Yeah, like if history, you know, with the, as far as those two are concerned, one of them will end up on one show, the other one will end up on another show, and then they'll have to do a tournament for the tag team titles. They've been pretty good about keeping tag teams together lately, though. True, but the, they need all the ones they can get. So, stop <laughs> right. especially on especially on Raw. Yeah. But so, so, but then, so, but then that raises the question about the superstar shakeup. Yeah. The only real titles that could theoretically switch shows are the U.S. title and the Intercontinental title. Which, you can't move the Raw Championship. You can't move the World Heavyweight Championship. The Raw and SmackDown both have their own titles. Why so can't like, you move see, the here's, World? Here's the thing, though. This is my theory going into the shakeup, is it's not going to be the only one we get this year. We've got the Fox deal with SmackDown starting in October. Mm-hmm. And what you're going to face with that is that for the first time, you're going to have two major broadcasting companies both possessing one of WWE's shows. When it was, they're both on USA. Right. It was no problem to have guys jump from one brand to the other. Mm-hmm. But when Fox takes SmackDown and puts it on their network, and said, "Hey, goes, we spent six billion dollars on this. We gave you all, we gave you all this money. Yeah. We kind of want Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins <laughs> and Braun Strowman to be on our show. Wow. And no, we're not. And the other thing is, I don't think they're going to get rid of the brand split because then they're going to go. And no, we don't want them showing up on Mondays on USA Network." that's NBC. So will this be the dawn of like SmackDown actually being treated by WWE like the A show that it they, has been? They for... kind of don't have a choice. Like, I love The viewership this. alone <laughs> is going to justify it. Because so, SmackDown, aside from this last week, SmackDown has been like, I, lo- I enjoy that show way yeah. more than Raw. But the thing about it is, do, what everyone's kind of not sure about is, do you bring all the big stars that need to be on Fox over now? Or do you wait until October and do it again and have some storyline reason why the McMahons are reshuffling both rosters? Crazy thing is that SmackDown is the one that ended up get going to Fox, which to me, like with the whole Fox deal, feels like it should have been Raw. But I get the legacy that Raw has, and they yeah. probably have a deal or whatnot. But like, they're still making good money with Universal. Oh yeah, on there. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. Why disturb? You know, and then also that builds up. That other brand, it right. gives it on a. It's had an identity, but it gives it a network identity that they can right. really push and go forward. Yeah. I'm okay. I like both. I mean, I'm fine with both. I think honestly, the smart thing then would be to do a second one and wait to move most of your. If you're going to move some of your big guns, wait to make a splash before it premieres. Right. But I still want one or two. There's still one or two people that are in that 
mid-card or upper mid-card tier that could use a jump, it would revitalize them and the show. See, I kind of feel I kind of feel like they may actually unify the roster at some point and work out a deal where the big stars, the champions or whatnot, show up, you know, on both shows at various points and it may, it becomes like, Sasha, well, like, like but but what what happens is like if you know that ahead of time, those shows then become appointment viewing, right? Like if you want to see the champ on SmackDown, one, they're going to let you know. But two, like, you know, if someone's going to follow follow those stars. But I think it also raises the stakes of the titles. But, but again, I think it's just as likely that Fox goes, yeah, we've got these big stars on our show. We don't want NBC to reap the benefits of that on their show. That's true. I mean, I, it makes sense. Yeah. I, I mean, it they really spent could go money. Right. Yeah, they spent money on it. Um, All right. Well, let's let's go with who we think is going to go from one, one place to the other. We'll start with Matt. Uh, okay, who do I think or who do I want? Because those are two, those are two like... All right, who do, you, who do you want? Okay, so uh, I want, and this is, this is hard right now because she actually has both belts, so this would actually be a pretty easy... She'll game. just keep... I want... She, yeah. she said herself she'll be on both shows yeah, for a while. So, she, uh, so Lynch, I want her to show up on Raw more. Um, my biggest one is actually uh, Braun to SmackDown. Uh, Raw doesn't seem to know what the heck to do with them mm-hmm. uh, to give SmackDown. Because, like, right now, if you look at most of the heavyweights, right, Drew McIntyre, like, the big the big guys, uh, oh, God, what is his name? The one who just faced Balor. I've lost. I've blamed Bobby Lashley. Bobby Thank Lashley. you, Bobby Lashley. Uh, those guys are all on Raw. So I would love to have, like, be able to build your program around Do we know what bruiser. show Luke Harper's on? He is technically on Raw, I okay. think, right now. So Man, he didn't look. He looks so small in the <laughs> ring yeah. uh, comparatively. But I would like them to move him, like build, kind of do what they did with Bliss when she was first drafted to SmackDown. Kind of mm-hmm. build around. Here's our premier guy, and do what Raw cannot seem to do. I don't know if it's airtime or what, but mm-hmm. make I mean, him they a star. Did, they did for a while, and then they just. But then they just languish there, language. and it's yeah. like he can. You can run with him. Uh, so I, I would like to see that, and then also AJ. I don't even care which brand he ends up on. I feel like he needs to end up on the club, whatever brand the club is on, because mm-hmm. they're well, both it's, languishing it's, right now. It's and they not going to matter because Gallows and Anderson are leaving. Yeah, but we've heard that for a while. Is it actually for <laughs> real? It's actually yeah. it's okay. all signs point to it happening. Okay, it's not going to be a revival deal where they go. Here you go. Here's no, because here's when, some belts. When the revivals, <laughs> when the revival reportedly asked for their release, yeah. they still had till 2020. Okay, like these guys' contracts actually end this summer. All right. And they've kind of been ben- they kind of been benched pretty much for the majority of this year so far. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean they've. Right. Yeah, Connor, what do you want? My picks. I th- I like the mid card title switching again, mostly because it gets Finn on SmackDown. Because my philosophy is always, if you're languishing on Raw, get the hell out of there. Yeah. Because then that gets you away from Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman mm-hmm. and all of Vince's guys that he loves. When you're on SmackDown, you get things like AJ Styles being world champion for a year. That yeah. would not have happened if he were on Raw. No, but, yeah. But it wouldn't have gotten us the new Daniel Bryan. It wouldn't have gotten us Kofi Kingston. So when you have all these fan favorites, you got to send them to SmackDown. Agree. Plus, Joe fits right in on Raw, being have the big personality, and he can mm-hmm. walk up with most of those guys. My other pick, uh, Kevin Owens to Raw, just because it seems like Sami Zayn is technically over there, and they need to be together <laughs> always. That is a rule. <laughs> you cannot separate them. Uh, fair enough. Um, I... Would like to see the Intercontinental and U.S. titles switch. The Intercontinental title feels like a bigger title that would make SmackDown better. 
the world the world championship is a fine championship for SmackDown, but it's not necessarily a legacy championship where the Intercontinental title feels like SmackDown to me has always been a show that puts the mid card and shines a big old spotlight on it. And the mid card belt to me is the Intercontinental title. That's fair. And so if you're gonna, you know, so so I would like to see that. Who they end up, you know, doing with mid card and whatnot, like I don't I don't care. But to me, the idea of the Intercontinental title on SmackDown is a better bet. I think Daniel Bryan needs to go back to Raw. I think it's Daniel Ryan has had a ton of great spotlight as the the SmackDown champ. And I think that his the the new Daniel Bryan is This is great. his best work. He's great. And the new Daniel Bryan is great. To me, there's not enough star power on SmackDown to make it feel like another Daniel Bryan for I don't think there's anyone on SmackDown right now who would make a great rivalry for Daniel Bryan. And I feel like there's more people on Raw who would. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. So. Be down for that too. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think that's gonna about wrap up our. Uh, well, hold on. I do actually. It'll go into my rants and raves. We're gonna go. Do, we're gonna do rants and raves. All right. So rants and raves. Something that we like. Something that we don't like. We're gonna talk about it for a little bit, and then we will move on. My rant and rave. Raw and SmackDown for post WrestleMania sucked. Accurate. It, they were wheel I liked spinning. Raw. I liked were, Raw. I didn't were, like SmackDown. You don't. You don't give a giant match like a winner take all world championship oh, I match. Agree. Wait three hours and then go. Oops, absolutely it's a house. It's, we're suddenly on a house show where that, nothing matters. That was terrible. I absolutely agree. But I for I was riveted through most of it, just like seeing who was going to pop up and and I overall like the, end, like as the a Undertaker product, thing I, was like, oh okay, that's fun. Undertaker showing up, okay, that's fun. But like other than that. No, and I get it, right? Because the superstar shakeup is happening a week later, and what do you really do? You can't really set anything up. But the weird—that's the—that's the weird thing about Mania. There was really nothing to blow off, right? Like, like outside of the the final, you know, the the, the main event, which ever you know is still like what really happened there. Yeah. Um, there was nothing really. There was no finish that felt like it was a very clean show. Like right. the finishes were. Def, you know, definite, and and that was it. So there was nothing to address. Yeah. And I I think an appearance by uh, uh, DX, uh, you know, would have would have been you know better. They were all there. You might as well had him show up and, or do something. Um, you know, you could have done something maybe a little bit more to follow up uh, the SNL thing. You know, that with Ugh. the bit with well, no, but in the sense that <laughs> like use Hall and Nash to follow like just to sort of follow up that bit. Like there could have been a little things here or there. I think that would have made Raw a little bit better given the star power they had in the vicinity of the yeah. you know, of of the city. SmackDown was just even worse. Well, SmackDown it was, was all literally... it was all tag matches. Yeah, yeah. They just and, lapped everybody together. Here you go. And like and like <laughs> those are supposed to be. The best of those shows of the year, and they were just yeah. Not to mention you had guys like Roman Drew. I mean, Roman Reigns didn't show up on either show. Right. And I just remember looking around, going, "Hey, wait a minute, where is he?" (laughs) Right. And like you had this weird Daniel Bryan, uh, not Daniel Bryan. You had this weird Dean Ambrose thing. Yeah. And it's like that was after the show. What the hell? Yeah. That was weird. But even like the match that he had, like. What's the point of that? Just let him ride off into the sunset. But no, they got to beat the snot out of him <laughs> and let him just sit there and like. I did not understand. Now, to be fair, I didn't understand that for Kurt Angle either. Yeah, I was like, why on earth would you let well, that was, Baron that, Corbin that's, beat him? That's old school mentality, though. It's if you go out on terrible. your terrible, right, try to build somebody else. Up. I get that, but does anyone see? The future, and like why <laughs> Kurt Angle is going to give a rub to somebody? You're going to waste it on Baron on Corbin. This guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, all right, Matt, what you got? 
Uh, so mine is actually, uh, I'm rooting, I find myself, I've been a little negative this episode, I don't like that. It's so all, I'm gonna it's all right. Be, I'm going to try and be positive. I'm gonna uh, so Anthem uh, is a game from Bioware, it's kind of a multiplayer, uh, it's been compared to Destiny and, and some other kind of those living multiplayer games. I've ha- heard terrible things. It had a rough launch. You've been, uh, playing, you've been playing a lot of it. I've been playing a lot of it. Uh, I am one of those who, I, I see a lot of potential in this. The core gameplay is a blast, but it's got a lot of problems. I'm actually working, I'm going to pull a Kofi. I'm actually writing <laughs> up an article right Here we now. go. <laughs> where, uh, Cheap plug. Uh, where it's actually going to talk about like the one thing they can do to that can turn things around. There's new content coming, but I think in this world of Destiny was treated as a garbage fire when it came out, <laughs> and then they turned it around with an expansion. Crazily enough, Destiny 2 was also a garbage fire when it came out, and they resuscitated that. Rainbow Six, uh, For Honor, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, like the list goes on and on of games that have come out completely just, everyone hates them, and then in like, Six months, you turn around and they're making money. They're fine. Warframe it just went from the little baby that could, right? And it's just so. I think there is hope for this. And there was like a recent expose into like Bioware and how this game was like developed over seven years, but really only came together in the last twelve months. So this game that we have is really only like a year mm-hmm. that took it to make. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy. But I'm rooting for it. I think it has a future, and I'm not abandoning the ship. All That's right, Connor, what you got? So I've seen a few memes pop up on social media regarding Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. It is about... Uh, a few? Uh, well, <laughs> this particular one. It's, this li- it's a person writing out uh, conduct oh. for when you're inside the theater. All right. No asking questions. Make sure you've watched all of the plot recaps or have seen all the movies. Don't go to the bathroom. Stay until the very end of the credits. You know, no conversations. It's like, guys... Don't be dicks about this. If new <laughs> people want to gatekeeping, we just if don't. new people want to go see this movie, let them. Mm-hmm. Yes. If this is the first time they've seen an MCU movie, but they've seen all of this hype around it, and they want to get involved, let them. It's okay. It's this gatekeeping stuff is just toxic. You're the problem, <laughs> you're, and you are kind yeah. of the problem with this community if you're trying to push that idea. Now I get. Now it was so like like thorough that it was like this is clearly a joke yeah but there it felt like there was some truth behind this there are some, some people, people who are going to really treat that like the freaking yeah. and there are a lot of people who comment on those yup this yeah. is me to a uh, t and i'm like ah oh, you're the problem yeah well it's i mean too and uh, i've oh, i've always said this about comics and it's very true for for the mcu every one of these marvel movies is bound to be someone's first mm-hmm. and if they if this is the time that they decide to jump in, great. Yeah. And it's gonna if it energizes them to want to go back and and watch the rest of them, that's even better because then then that person is going to go and maybe they'll get it. You know, they'll go watch the TV shows. Maybe they'll go pick up some comics. And so, a lot of people like to say like you know the the movie audience is different from the comic book audience and it's different from the TV audience. Why can't they just all be the same? Like if some whoever's point of entry to this world that we love should be celebrated. Yeah, agreed. Thank you. That was was a good one to end on. (laughs) All right. Now, uh, if you are a fan of this show, you should leave a review on iTunes. We have done a few of these. T-shirts have arrived. People are happy. And I want to read some more. Boom! Yeah, yeah. I'm hosting, so I get to drive. The, I get to drive the wheel here, and so I'm going to pick. Uh, I'm going to pick two. There's a bunch, so we'll go through more as uh, with uh, different episodes. Uh, but this one is from uh, Fardo18. Great name. Headline: uh, My favorite entertainment podcast. 
I see new movies on Thursday night just so I can listen to these guys first thing the next morning. I feel like I'm sitting in on a conversation that I would have with my friends if I had friends who were into this stuff. Keep it up, please. Oh, and more Jim Viscardi, please. Oh, wow. <laughs> now we know why he picked it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, the, the next one is the most recent one. This is from uh, me, 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 and I. This is uh, my one-stop podcast for all Info Geek related. It has helped uh, expand my knowledge base beyond the MCU and Star Wars franchises. It has even convinced me to go buy a comic book for the first time in years. I enjoy the chemistry between all the hosts. It does make it sound like comicbook.com is an interesting and fun place to work. You have no idea. <laughs> it's also great that they bring in people to talk about anime and WWE, but they also get their opinions about other topics on the show, not just their specialty. Keep up the great work. Wow, look at that Look one. at that. that one, I may cry over that one. You get two t-shirts. <laughs> uh, so, so me, 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 and I, and Fardo18, uh, just either hit us up on, any one of us up on Twitter, or drop us an email to editor at comicbook.com, and we will make sure that we get those shirts out for you. Uh, th- these could be you. All you have to do is just go to iTunes and leave, uh, leave a five-star review, give us a, a good review, and we will read it on the air. Let's wrap this up. You ready to wrap it up? Yeah, ready to wrap it up. Comic Book Nation can be found every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com or iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, Comic Book Nation is there. So make sure you do it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Jim Biscardi. I am at Matt Mueller CB. At Connor Casey underscore CB. We've got a big weekend this week uh, with Star Wars Celebration happening. Yeah, Disney, Disney buddy. Plus announcement is happening later today. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones on Sunday. You are not going to want to miss this, the next episode on Wednesday at for sure. So with that, we will see you next time. Deuces. Later. Later.